0: Hi, everybody. This is Anna and Brian from a model podcast. And today we have our next guest for our XR episode, Roy Rodenhauser, who is a creative technologist and the founder of CanvasTech3D. Hi, Roy. How are you?
1: Hello. Hi, Anna. Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you. Um, yeah. Thank you for having me here today.
0: It's a pleasure to have you here. Um, maybe for our listeners, can you please give a small introduction to yourself and your background?
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm a creative technologist uh, based in London uh, with over 10 years of experience working for global tech companies, uh, including Yahoo, uh, Verizon, and uh, and now Unity. Uh, Yeah, and during my career, I had the opportunity to push innovation efforts in uh, mainly digital media by helping develop uh, new solutions with immersive technologies at at its core. Uh, build relationships with uh, companies and startups uh, as well. So yeah, that's me in a,
2: in a nutshell. Uh, do you mind telling us, like, how did you first come across uh, XR, and you know what sort of drove you to get involved in this uh, industry? Yeah, so growing up in the in the nineties, uh, I had been
1: exposed uh, before to media about uh, virtual reality, although I never had the chance to to try uh, to try. The device back then, apart from the Nintendo Virtual Boy, uh, which was a product that was marketed as consumer VR, but uh, its true nature, I think, is still questionable uh, even today. So it was only later, in the late 2000s, that I got to try some augmented reality experiences that required the use of uh, of a webcam to enable them. And, uh, and I then uh, started experimenting uh, myself, uh, thanks to um, tools like Flash and um, the AR Toolkit ActionScript, uh, ActionScript library. Uh, so, even before the appearance of platforms like iOS and Android and tools like uh, Unity, I got fascinated by the potential of uh, augmented reality. And this led me to spend time and efforts uh, during my early career at Yahoo to integrate immersive tech in uh, branded uh, experiences. So,
0: And do you remember any kind of experiences? Um, What was the use case? What was the first experience that gave you like a wow effect? Do you remember that?
1: Uh, I think education. Uh, I I completely forgot the name of the company, but they they will create back in the 2000s, they will create uh, books uh, for uh, for kids. And uh, by pointing the webcam to them, just be, because then uh, I think we still didn't have uh, iOS and Android devices. Uh, you will see the, the book, uh, drawings, uh, come to life. And that was amazing. It might be, you know, a cartoon character coming to life or moving around, the uh, the pages of the book. And I thought that was, uh, uh mind blowing back then. And I was thinking, yeah, uh, first about the potential it could have to engage, uh, kids Uh, to follow a story or some sort of uh, educational content. So that was the first time uh, I I really got to uh, understand, um, yeah, the wow effect that it can have to to its users.
0: Yeah, kind of amazing how sometimes XR can bring the magic into the real world from the objects they usually are not expecting. Uh, can you give some examples of the projects you're currently working with?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, so recently, uh, just over two, two months ago, I decided to, decided to start releasing a, a concept I've been working on since uh, during the lockdown. And uh, I named it uh, Canvas Stick 3D. And I started sharing video demos on uh, on LinkedIn, as well as an alpha version for fashion and XR professional interested in, the, in trying it. Uh, CanvasTix 3D is meant uh, to be a tool that blends physical and digital creative workflows by enabling the projection of real-time previews of uh, handmade designs on 3D models. One of the core motivations in uh, building this solution was to bridge the gap between non-digital and digital skill sets, as well as the people who possess these. Uh, and the reception so far has been, uh, positive, really positive. And I'm now trying to, uh, grow this concept, uh, even, even further.
2: So, um, like among all the, the projects that you've worked on so far, what would you say is your favorite project or what were you most, I guess, proud of?
1: Uh, I think this one, uh, particularly this one, and uh, as I said, uh, I've been working on it since uh, since the lockdown. And during the lockdown, uh, first of all, uh, I was confined to, to to my own apartment, which is uh, relatively small, uh, and uh, and the consumption of digital experience just increased. So this interaction with screens uh, it, it, it started to be a bit. Uh, to become a little bit frustrating. So I started thinking how could technologies help us uh, go back and uh, interact with, uh, with physical tools instead of digital ones. And digital ones are amazing. Uh, I do spend a lot of time uh, using them. So a lot of time spent uh, sitting in front of, um, uh, of a computer screen, uh, mouse and keyboard, Uh, but this led me to, to start thinking how, how perhaps, um, the way we interface with, uh, digital technologies could change, uh, in the future and try to have digital technologies adapt to, um, traditional and physical tools instead of the other way around. And yeah, and that's, uh, what I did during the lockdown is create a video, video demo of uh, basically myself uh, using real paint, real brushes, uh, paint on, uh, on a physical surface, uh, like a canvas, a physical canvas, and see anything, uh, any physical material applied to, to it, see it projected immediately on a, on a 3D model, on an animated model. Uh, back then, I used the, the HoloLens, so I created this video, uh, i removed all the um technological footprint so i only had like this wooden table i put some plants <laughs> around uh put the screen aside all you could see was just the uh the physical canvas uh, the brushes the colors and and a hologram well what what microsoft Mi- microsoft refers to a hologram but it's, it's really this uh, 3d mo- 3d animation overlaid on the uh on what the video or what the hol- hol- hololens captures and um, yeah so yeah i forgot the question but <laughs> that's how it started yeah
0: and so um maybe for our users we can go through like different use cases how it could be applied so you mentioned a little bit about fashion uh so people can actually probably see that like the 3d model of a person and you're applying the, the the different prints uh on top of that but do you think it's possible to use it on i don't know cars if you want to have the very uh futuristic cool, uh like fluid dynamics flow
1: <laughs> yeah, print yeah.
0: on top of a car do you think it will be possible in the future
1: Yes, of course. Uh, It works on uh, anything that can be rendered as a 3D object. If we think of cars, that means that not only could be used to project designs on the chassis of the car, but also to preview materials such as fabric and leather on the interior surfaces,
2: like the seats or even the dashboard. So... Can you tell us a bit more about sort of the the hardware you're using? So you mentioned HoloLens. Is that something you're uh, exclusively developing for or have you experimented with um, any other hardware?
1: For the first iteration made during the lockdown, uh, I used uh, the HoloLens, but uh, the current version targets Windows desktop machines and uh, I'm currently working on a MetaQuest mixed reality application to be used as a companion app to the desktop version. Both applications uh, were created separately using the Unity editor. When opening the Windows version, there is a, a hidden panel with a couple of controls to connect it to the MetaQuest application. Once connected, it is possible to mirror the previews from the desktop app into the mixed reality experience. The 3D model will appear in front uh, of the user who can virtually grab, scale, rotate and position it anywhere in the physical space, almost like handling real physical objects thanks to the hand tracking feature of the device. Using the desktop application, the user is able to capture any handmade designs applied to a physical canvas, see them on the desktop screen, as well as in mixed reality through the MetaQuest headset. The designs can be then saved and AI variations can be generated from them. The weight works is by using a combination of classic computer vision, where an open C V algorithm helps automatically frame a physical canvas and a generative AI where saved designs are processed into AI variations using the OpenAI API.
0: And do you have have you been approached by some of the like maybe fashion artists already? Do do you have any like a feedback from people who tried it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Several. Uh, yeah. The, the feedback was, uh, uh, was really good and, uh, it was a bit surprised because I don't have a background in fashion and not an artist at all. Uh, I, I do some, I, I had to watch some tutorials to, to to learn some basic just how to mix basic colors to make my videos. Uh, but yeah, I was really surprised by, uh, by the feedback because it, it was, what I created uh, was based on uh, on my own assumption, uh, but since it, it seems to have some um, some real or benefits to to fashion designers and artists uh, based on uh, the engagement um, that they had they had with them, and uh, yeah, and this helps me keep myself uh, motivated. um, and understand whether I'm on on the right track or uh, or not. So yes, uh, I've been interactive with multiple fashion designers and artists and startups uh, as well with uh, very good feedback.
2: For you know for for Canvas 3 uh, Treaty, do you imagine any other use cases for it, or is it solely um, you know targeting the fashion industry?
1: Yes, of course. Uh, I think that any industry, profession, or activity that could benefit from quickly previewing designs and materials and products might like Canvas Stick 3D. I started with fashion because a few years ago during the lockdown, uh, I got involved in digital fashion projects and I had the chance to work with fashion designers and 3D artists. But it could definitely be used by other creative professionals as well.
0: And over the past year, what would you say was the most exciting uh, development in XR industry?
1: I think that Apple finally announcing their headset, now known as the Vision Pro, is certainly been generating a lot of excitement and expectations for anyone involved in XR, including myself. I expected to attract uh, more people into exploring the possibility of uh, XR or spatial computing, the way Apple refers to it, in uh, particular creative professionals and designers who are not necessarily developers. They certainly put a lot of thought into defining the most natural user experience possible from what we saw so far, the interaction based on eye gaze and very subtle hand gestures seems promising, and uh, I can't wait to, to try it. I would certainly love to build a version of Canvas Stick three D for
2: it. So, actually, um, on that, the the price that um, the Vision Pro will be at initially will be. About three point five grand, uh, USD, which is c- still quite a high price to pay. And yeah, uh, what are your thoughts on sort of the the direction of the industry? Do you think when do you think we'll see um, you know the first actually, I guess consumer or commonplace PR uh, headset? Because right now things are it's still quite pricey, a lot of them, and I think Meta is heavily subsidizing the Quest, um, but it's still. Um, out of the range of you know what a normal consumer would be willing to pay for, especially a device that's still somewhat niche. Right. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yes, the device is indeed expensive and beyond my budget, but uh, I will certainly keep a close eye on whoever tries it and uh, shares their experience with the Vision Pro in the coming months. As for when to expect a commonly adopted XR device, that is hard to predict. There are multiple factors known to pose a barrier, such as the firm factor, resolution, field of view, and user experience. We've already seen improvements in most of these areas, some faster than expected, while others have progressed more slowly, at times due to compromises that needed to be made. It is difficult to say when and perhaps not even worth trying to to make a prediction since we can only base predictions on what we know today. Uh, however, uh, I hope that tomorrow is filled with uh, unpredictable uh, surprises. Despite the Vision Pro not being a consumer-targeted product, I do expect more people with a creative background to get involved in imagining, designing, and discovering new possibilities that combine XR technology with uh, creativity. And with uh, that said, I'm positively excited about Apple entering the space, along with uh, many other players as This increases the chances of uh, surprising developments and applications of XR.
0: And have you seen any kind of other projects who used XR in a new and innovative way? Kind of what you probably not
1: usually expect. There has been a lot of excitement around generative AI and large language models lately. There are a couple of gadgets that aren't really XR devices, but do share some things in common in terms of the technologies involved and overall user experience. Uh, Both of them are wearable gadgets. The first one is from Meta, who recently announced the integration of conversational AI in the Ray-Ban Meta smart glasses, meaning that people wearing them will be able to interact with the AI assistant by voice and show it what's in front of them. These are not augmented reality glasses, but they do somehow augment what the user sees, even if not visually. The second one is a wearable device created by a company called Humane. They launched an AI pin that listens to the user and also sees what's in front of them. But in addition, it visually displays information by projecting it on the palm of uh, uh, of the user's hand, which I think is brilliant. Uh, it's a brilliant way to use hand tracking for displaying information to the user.
2: So, you know, having been in the industry for you know a long time, I, I think you understand, uh, because the landscape more than, Anyone these days. So, if you know, if if you were uh, to give an advice to any someone you know who's just trying to enter the field, you know they're interested in you know, XR and generative AI. You know, what would you recommend uh, to them? Like, how would, should they get started um, in their learning journey to, I guess, get involved with the technology?
1: I can give an advice from the perspective of someone who lost to understand how things work just uh, well enough as to be able to build a proof of concepts. My recommendation is to think about a problem that you wish to solve and that might affect you personally, uh, as well as people around you to some extent. This way, you can gather learnings directly from your own experience and uh, feedback from people that you can easily reach out to. I think that this will save you plenty of time, make the process sustainable even for long-term explorations and uh, in the worst case, you have spent time doing something personally meaningful. And finally, let your passion drive imagination and imagination drive exploration when realizing ideas.
0: Yeah, I think usually it's the most difficult part is just to start, <laughs> just like the first step.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, think about something that passionate you. Like, uh, uh, give yourself like a mini project, and uh, if you still don't know uh, the technologies uh, required to to achieve that, just learn them on um, uh, on the way, on the go. Yeah.
0: And do you have any hopes and predictions for the future of Tsar and kind 3D?
1: I expect technologies that enable the abstraction, processing and uh, understanding of the real world to continue bring machines closer to how we perceive reality and allow for the development of human-centered interfaces that adapt to our own context, activity and uh, intention. The latest XR devices uh, already combine several of these technologies uh, will continue to improve and integrate even more as they appear using xr as a toolkit for experimentation is to me a way of trying to build a workspace for artists designers and craft persons of any background where the attention is on their creative experience only to be augmented by digital technology in the most seamless way possible. To me, Canvas 3D is a way of imagining a creative space where technology's visual footprint is non-existent or almost invisible with computing resources that dynamically arrange themselves according to the user's context and intention. So not a radical change, rather a seamless and almost natural augmentation of the working environment
2: all right uh finally i'd like to leave the last few minutes for any kind of last words that you want to leave to our listeners and also if they want to find out a bit more about you know uh, kind of a stick and maybe what else you get up to how can they uh, find you you know what are your socials and how can they reach out
1: There is already a simple website at canvastick 3 dcom containing links to social, a couple of video demos, and also a link to download the alpha version of the Windows installer for those interested in trying it. Although, keep in mind, this isn't a release version and you might encounter some issues. The app for the MetaQuest is yet to be released as I'm currently working on it, but you you can already find some videos uh, about it. If you'd like to reach out to me, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn and uh, feel free to message me with uh, any questions or comments.
0: Great. Thank you so much for doing this episode with us. It was a real pleasure.
1: Thank you. My pleasure. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.